am Destiny Harris, and I am the creator of The Flock. Well, not really. The Lord is, but, you know, I just be doing it. And um, today we are talking about overcoming the spirit of homosexuality, which I have uh, some experience in. I guess not a lot, but some experience in for sure. So let's get into it, y'all. Um, a few disclaimers that I want to say before we get started is number one, and these are stuff that I wish I would have heard when I was struggling with this. Um, the first one is, God knows your future, and he believes in you overcoming this battle. God knows the specific time and day that you will be catapulted into a relationship with him, and he believes that you will get there, because I know that, because he believed that I would get there, and I'm getting there, because um, we don't really arrive till we die, so I ain't there yet, but I'm getting there. Um, and I believe and God believes that you will have a relationship with him without a fear that you are going to sin without a fear that you're going to, you know, we all fall short and we all, you know, are going to mess up. God knows that there will be a day where you'll have a relationship with him where that obviously like it won't be a pride thing to where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so perfect. I'm never going to sin. But it's like, you're not going to have that fear that like, I'm going to watch, I want to watch pornography or you know, whatever. It's not going to be that. It's going to be a beautiful relationship and God knows you'll get there. Number two, um, because God is your father, he currently is and will continue to be patient with you until you get there. Um, and I believe that because God was patient with me. I mean, if God could save me, then my God, anything is possible. So yeah, God is, be is believing for you. He's being patient with you and he knows that you'll get there. Um, and he really did send Jesus to die for you. So he's not going to give up on you. No matter how far in into sin you are, God can and will get you out. He has the power to do that and he can, and he will get you out of sin, no matter how far into it you are. Um, and number three, the biggest lie that the devil got me to believe is first that I would always struggle with the same sex attraction. And that's one that was like an everyday thing. Like I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm always going to have these feelings, always going to have these emotions towards women, which is such a lie because you're not. Um, number two, that being gay was a part of who I am. And that was honestly like a lie that, I mean, it was attached to me for a couple of years, but like if someone was talking against gay people, I would feel super ashamed and I would feel like they were talking about me, but that's not true. I mean, it is not a part of your identity. Your identity is in Christ Jesus and it's not in your sexual orientation, but the devil will try to make, like even now, if I was like, I'm a straight woman, that's not true. I'm a, I'm a daughter of God, that's what I am. It's not, your sexuality is not a part of your identity. Um, so that's the lie that the devil tried to get me to believe. And thirdly, that because God still loves me, I can do whatever I want. So there's grace. Grace is overflowing. The more sin there is, the more grace there is. And you know, you can do whatever you want. It's fine. You know, live your best life, go out and do whatever you want. And God's going to forgive you. God still loves you, which is definitely a lie. Um, lastly, that there are no consequences for my sin. And that one, I believe for a really, really long time. Um, just that there, like, was like, I mean, it's not that I believe there was no consequences, but it was just like, okay, I'm not going to go to hell because I'm still going to church. So I'm not going to go to hell, even though I'm struggling, wildly struggling with pornography, obsessed with sex, obsessed with lusting after women, obsessed with lusting after men. But, you know, I'm not going to go to hell. And, you know, even though I hate people, kind of, I'm not going to go to hell because God still loves me. So there's no consequences. Um, and then even, I mean, I'm gonna leave this point for another video, but he even tried to, will try to get you to not even believe that there is a hell, but that's not what we're talking about today. So, um, that was the last lie that God would never send me to hell because he's a good God. He's a loving father. And why would he do that to me? It doesn't make sense, but that was a lie. Okay. Um, number four, I am absolutely not here to make you hate yourself or shame you into repentance because if someone would have tried to do that to me, I mean, definitely I would have stopped listening. So I'm not here to make you hate yourself, not here to make you shame, uh, shame you into repentance. Um, and if you feel like that, I really, really do apologize. And also just check in with yourself and ask if that's how you truly feel, because I know that our feelings can lie to us a lot of times. So 
yeah so um i just want to share a few points about my testimony um just i started with pornography i accidentally saw it when i was like five or six i was at this camp and um i love my dad love him but i did look over it was like we were on a on a bunk bed i think i was at the top and my dad was at the bottom and i just looked over and he was watching it and there was a few videos around the house so i i just i was exposed to it extremely young like five or six or maybe younger than that i don't really remember but that's the earliest that i remember um and the devil actually came after me when i was a little bit older than that at like seven but still super young um and i was at i would at, was at church and we would go to the bathroom me and this one girl we would go to the bathroom and we would play house which was super demonic don't let your kids play house um but we would play house and i would be the dad and she would be the mom and we would like make out and then sometimes i would go to her house and we would like have sex orally so that's how the devil started attacking me was that like in the back of in the bathroom of church while the pastor was preaching i'd be like having sex with this girl and then there was another girl that i'll just make out with and that was all at like seven and seven seven or eight maybe between seven and nine um so that's where it started for me and i just want to reiterate one thing i mean i know i've already said it a few times but the devil started attacking me at five years old dude five years old is when he started attacking me when he started taking away my innocence bit by bit and then he when i didn't know what i was doing even went harder when i was seven okay with that little house game that's really demonic don't let your kids play that what but he really started attacking me when i was that young so for everybody who's like you know you think your kids are immune to the devil's attacks okay he's not going easy because they're five he's not going easy because they're even two i mean he's not going to go easy so pray over your kids pray over your family pray over your nephews because with me it started at five um and I also just want to reiterate, like, you're not immune to the spiritual battle because you're young, because like, even up to, I feel like 14, 15, people will think like, oh, you know, I'm fine. Devil's not going to attack me. You know, whatever. False. False. That's a lie. False, as Dwight Schrute says. <laughs> but it's false. <laughs> the devil is going to attack you no matter your age. It doesn't matter to him. Okay. Um, I struggled with pornography from 10 to 23 years old. And with every video I watched, I unknowingly fueled the spirit of homosexuality because you have to see the man and the woman. You can't just look at the man. You can't just look at the woman. So if you're a man and you're watching pornography, you have to see the uh, male body parts. If you're a woman and you're watching it, you have to see the female body parts. Um, so it was fueling the spirit of homosexuality. And I honestly, I mean, when you're in sin, just things just make sense but they really don't make sense so nothing makes sense so i didn't put that together until i came out of it um and i also never made the correlation between my childhood trauma and uh my current feelings of same-sex attraction because i was i was i mean i grew up in a super dysfunctional home so i was traumatized when i was younger and i never like put two and two together that okay wait I had a messed up childhood and now I'm attracted to women. Now I'm like extremely depressed. Now I'm having all these mental health issues. Now I'm attracted. I'm uh, struggling with pornography. Now I'm obsessed with sex. Like I never put two and two together that that is where um, a lot of the things, a lot of my problems stem from. Also during that time, I made up theories about God. I was an extreme doubter, uh, even going as far as to consider myself agnostic which is basically it's like a step up from atheism it's like you don't really believe in jesus but you maybe might believe in some sort of god some sort of higher power but you don't really believe in jesus on that note there's a lot of people that i know that do call themselves christians that are actually agnostic and i only know that because i know them personally so i don't know maybe check where you are spiritually not saying that to like make you feel bad but check where you are spiritually ask yourself like do you really believe that jesus came back and died for your sins and rose again on the third day and is coming back again like do you really believe that story if you don't like you could do what i did i read um the case for christ and that really helped me a lot so just to get some um some factual answers down to help build my faith and that was 
literally when I was like still basically agnostic. So I still didn't truly believe, but that helped me a lot, just answering a lot of big questions. So that book is by Lee Strobel. I'm sure you could get it on Amazon or something. Um, but yeah, check where you are spiritually. See where you really honestly are. Have a real honest conversation with God. But that's where I was. I was agnostic. Um, but I was still going to church, so it looked like I was fine. I was the most depressed I had ever been for a good two years, like a melancholy depression, which is basically you can still look like you have everything together, but you're extremely depressed. Um, I also thought I was wise. I thought I was like the wise one <laughs> in my friend group. Girl, um, I refused to acknowledge God. I couldn't look at a man or a woman without having sexual so thoughts. And I was obsessed with sex. Like everywhere I looked, I like saw sex. I acknowledged it. I thought about it all day. I mean, like it was kind of crazy, but I really thought about sex like 23 hours a day that I was awake. Um, I couldn't look at a man without having... I read that already. I hated 90% of people. I was numb towards my father. I was a liar and a master manipulator. Um, anything my mom or dad said to me irritated me for absolutely no reason. And I, I mean, if you look on my social media, you'll see like how much I love my sister, love my mom now. I love my whole family, even my dad. But like anything they said to me at this time while I was like super insane, got on my nerves so bad like I couldn't stand to be around them um and I literally could not stop watching pornography even even after going to ministry school after going to a mission trip to Brazil I looked like I was on fire for God I looked like I wanted to be close to God wildly addicted to pornography okay so not not that um I invented new sneaky ways to watch pornography I thought of new, I mean, I was so creative with my sin. I thought of new ways to do it. Um, and I didn't, hold on, I'm going to cut that. Okay. I invented new ways to sneak away and watch pornography. Even if I didn't masturbate, I had an obsession with just watching or even just listening. Sometimes I would literally watch it, not masturbate. Sometimes I wouldn't even do those things. I would just play it in my earphones and listen to it on the way home. When I tell you obsessed with sex, I mean obsessed. Like, that's crazy. I was obsessed with sex. Every day the devil told me this lie that I said earlier, it's okay. God still loves you. Um, and I even went as far as to give myself an out to have sex with a woman as an adult and to label it a mistake. With a mistake that I'm doing on purpose, which is not a mistake. But I lied to myself and told myself... <laughs> That it was a mistake and that I would, you know, do that when I was an adult, give myself like a hall pass and whatever, just to get it out of my system. And um, the reason that I felt like it was okay to give myself that was one, because I blamed God for making me that way. And two, because I'm young, I was like, well, what does he expect from me? Like he gave me all these hormones I'm going through puberty, you know, like he made me this way. So I'm going to give myself this out. And what does he expect? Also, he still loves me. I'm not going to go going to hell. I never even hell was not even on my mind. So you couldn't tell me nothing. I was fine. Um, and I felt the action of darkness, which darkness in the Hebrew Bible is a verb. So I felt that that like action of darkness. And I remember a few times when God gave me over to the darkness that I refused to let go of. And those were the scariest moments of my life. One time is when I literally was at Barnes and Nobles and I picked up this was like last year or the year before that, but I was at Barnes and Nobles. I picked up a tarot card and I just looked at them and it was like, I was really being arrogant because I thought nothing could affect me. I thought nothing could hurt me. No awareness of the spiritual realm at all. So I was like, I just picked up the cards and then it didn't like demons didn't attack me until a day later. I watched pornography. Y'all. That night, I literally, like, I would have to shake the phone, and I'm not going to do that because it's going to mess up my lighting, but I would literally, like, I was sitting down, laying down in bed, going to sleep normally, and it was like, someone was, like, running into my bed, literally, like, if someone was, like, going from a far away and running into my bed, those were demons, and then, and I know it's demons because, like, my sister and I prayed, and then, like, there's a chime on the door when someone comes in, it literally chimed when, like, we were, like, asking the Holy Spirit to get 
get the demons out. I repented and all that stuff. Uh, mind you, I did it like two more times after that. So I don't know what I was doing, but I was really trying to fight, really trying to stop it. But that spirit just had such a hold on me. So at that point, I do know that like God's grace covered me and I really was repentant and obviously I don't do it anymore. So I guess I was telling the truth, but those demons honestly like attacked me and yeah that was crazy that was one of the times that god abandoned me to my sin and um another time is i was like in my room like in high school after just watching it and i literally like i i was laying there i just watched it just masturbated everything the whole nine yards and i literally like felt this like these like dark things come into the room and that's how I'm explaining it how I felt it back then I know what they are now but I felt these like dark things come into the room and literally just like stand in front of me sometimes I would try to worship to get through this stuff but um but then after I would fall back into it and I would literally feel like dark things right here and sometimes by the grace of God he would tell me like don't open your eyes and obviously like I didn't really know who was talking I thought it was me but I just wouldn't open my eyes and I do believe that there was literally something staring at me but because I was so deep in sin I mean the devil has no limits he's not going to go easy just because I'm young so those are a few times that I felt the action of darkness um other than that I mean I was just like extremely depressed had so many mental health issues I hated people I mean it was really really bad so I want to go through a few scriptures just to it like perfectly explains the consequence of it and just like what I was going through. So let's turn to Romans 1, 21 through 32. Romans 1, 21 through 32. <clears throat> yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Like I was saying, mental health issues, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles and crystals. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served. I'm going to stop. Hold on. They traded the truth about God for a lie. What does that sound like? Does that sound like me saying because of God is a good God, I'm not going to go to hell? Does that sound like me saying because God is so loving, like, and because I'm young, he's going to just look over all the mistakes I'm saying, I'm, I'm making? Does that sound like me trying to make up, like, things that I know are lies about God just to make my sin okay? Okay, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Verse 26. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. So you think God won't abandon you to the life you're fighting for? That's what this is. Verse 26. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men and as a result of this sin, that is saying it is a sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. I'm gonna stop. Okay, so for everyone who says the Bible like doesn't have, which I've heard before, which I mean, I believe before, okay, to try to make myself feel better. The Bible doesn't have uh, the word homosexuality in it. It didn't exist back then. Okay, no. So look up all the passages of men sleeping with men, women sleeping with women, and tell me what the context of that verse sounds like, okay? Because sometimes we'll try to do that, which I did, like try to like look for things. And sometimes, I mean, honestly, I still do try to look for things to make myself feel better, to make the Bible fall into my theology. Um, but that's not good. That's not a good thing to do. In this part, they suffered the sin within themselves, the penalty they deserved. And that's true. I suffered the, the sin within, I suffered within myself. I, like I said, so depressed, so melancholy, so down, so dark 
my mind was confused. I couldn't, I felt like the these bad things were going to last forever. Felt like there was absolutely no way out. I mean, really suffering within myself because of my sin, okay, of pornography, all the other sins I was committing, and also being attracted to women and acting on it, okay? It's a sin. Um, so God abandoned them. He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of everything. Now I'm going to back up. Okay, verse 28. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Okay, so it's saying... Not only is all the homosexuality stuff, but if you fall into, I didn't count it up, but if you fall into those other sins, uh, greed, hate, envy, murder, moving right along, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. If you're a gossiper, this verse is applying to you. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, haters of God, atheism, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, which I did, invented a new way, which I'm not going to give to you because I want to give you no ideas. Okay, amen. But invented new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. Okay. If anybody who's watching this, who is, I don't know, all the way up to, honestly, you could disobey your parents still at 40, but all the way down to like 14, if you're disobeying your parents, this verse, this passage of scripture, Romans 2, is applying to you, sweetheart. So God bless. Um, they refuse to understand. They break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice, justice, which you do know. This verse is true. They know God's justice requires that those those who do these things deserve to die. And this is New Testament. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Because when we're in our sin, not only, not only do we know that what we're doing is wrong, even if you're in sin, okay, if you're in some specific sins and nobody has an actual problem with what you're doing, everyone around you is fine with it, you will find a problem. You will search someone out that has a problem with what you're doing because you want to be rebellious. And that comes as a, an effect of sin. Also, you're going to try to get other people. I mean, I remember um, at one of the churches that I went to when I was growing up, like we would have literally like uh, me and a couple of the other like young people. I'm going to tell you, 90% of us were, were struggling with pornography. Did anybody know? Not really. Also, we would have little group meetings where we would talk about how we were all struggling with pornography. I don't know, honestly, if that was like helpful or more hurtful for me because I would watch pornography before and directly after when I got home. But I mean, I guess it was it was helpful just to like open up to somebody. But it wasn't like an accountability thing. And what I really needed at that time was accountability. And that was more so just like sharing what was going on, I guess. Um, but the point is, I found other people that were in the same sin as I was, which made me feel not alone, but in a good way, because I was like, well, you know, I'm struggling with this, but also all these other people are struggling with this. So like, well, if we're all the same age, then like, is God going to send us all to hell? Is God not going to like be okay with all of us? No, I was, I was telling myself, well, Jesus died. So God's grace, Jesus died for all our sins. So every sin that I'm going to commit, you know, God's grace can cover it. And I found people that were in the same sin as I was to make myself feel better. Because I knew it was wrong. I knew that justice required the sins that I was committing that required death. The penalty was death. And I knew that. But, you know, I put that in the back of my mind. Anyway, so, okay, so a few words that I want to break down is uh, the first one, scotizo, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but it's a verb. And it's only used eight times. And it relates to five of eight Five out of eight of those times is in Revelation. It means to cover with darkness to darkness, darkness of the mind. Come on, men mental health disorders. 
Um, and this comes when it's talking about um, in verse, what is it? Verse 21, their minds became dark and confused. That's what this, that, that word dark right there, that's what this is. One um, verse that is connected to this is Ephesians 4, 17 through 21. So with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. <clears throat> because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. What? Yeah, sexual, obs sexual obsession. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced... I'm going to slow down. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. I'm going to break it. I'm going to just real quick. I'm going to move on, but real quick. That means that if you really experience Jesus, you're calling yourself a Christian. The way to see that is in your life. It will be seen in your life. Your life should look completely different after you experience the love of God, after you experience the person of Jesus, the warmth of the Holy Spirit, after you start developing that relationship, your life should start to look different. And if it hasn't, you tell me what that means. Job 23, 17, because I was not cut off from the presence of darkness and he did not hide deep, hide deep darkness from my face. More about the darkness, Okay. Job 10, 20 to 22, are not my days few. Cease, leave me alone that I may take a little comfort before I go to the place from which I shall not return. He's talking about hell. To the land of darkness and the shadow of death, a land as dark as darkness itself. As a shadow of death without any order where even the light is like darkness. One thing that I, I think would be helpful to understand this darkness, if you do a word search, if you go to the uh, Version Bible app, you just do a word word search and search up um, darkness. See all the verses that are that are connected to it. And I would say, honestly, like if if you're stuck in this, it'd be helpful for you to develop a fear of the Lord to help you get through it. So if you look through the darkness, look through the verses connected to it. Look at the ones that are connected to hell. And that will help you develop a fear of the Lord. That'll help you develop a reverence for the Lord. Help you develop an appreciation for what He is, for what what Jesus is saving you from. Okay, so I I would really suggest that um, it's physical darkness that I felt following me that got heavier the further I went into sin. So when I first started, I I did feel you know I mean I was I was really young so I actually I really don't remember but. As I started to, you know, as far as I can remember, I did start to like decline into the darkness. And when I like repented a few times, I think I'd done something drastic for God um, a couple years ago or like last year, two years ago. And then I would watch pornography and then I would pick up, you know, attract. I would like find women. I would follow women on Instagram that I was attracted to. <clears throat> and just say that I was following them because they were influencers and because they had nice pictures, because they looked beautiful. But honestly, I was like burning with lust, but I would tell myself that. When I started doing that, like that's when the depression and another thing aside from depression was specifically the spirit of loneliness honestly like attacked me to the point to where like my mom had to come. She knew I wasn't acting like myself. I had to go back home for a couple days. I literally... um I mean, I was suicidal, like I did think about suicide, not like to where I was like planning it out, but just the thoughts were coming in my mind. And it's not like, it's not like wild to think that that could happen because there, when you're in sin, like you're opening yourself up to all of that. You're opening yourself up to all these, all these demonic spirits attacking you. You know, you are, you are decidedly removing yourself from the protection of God. By God's grace, can he protect you? Absolutely. God can do literally whatever he wants. Is he required to protect you though when you're in sin? And uh, no, he's not. I'm sorry. No, he's not. I was going to say something else, but no, he's not. The verse literally says, you can read it for yourself. It literally says, God abandoned them to your sin. So if you fight for your life that you think you want, if you fight for that hard enough, 
God will give it to you, okay? He'll give it to you and everything that comes with it. Also, spiritual darkness that comes from hell, which manifests in depression. Depression is what I felt. Suicide, anxiety, phobia, mental disorders as a result of sin. The consequence of my sin was the life I believed I wanted, which is the life you can have if you continue to reject God. I fought for that life, y'all. I fought so hard for a life of sin. I fought so hard. God, literally, my prayer one time was like, God, literally just like leave me alone. And like, I literally just want to do whatever I want. Okay. I want to, you know, go into a homosexual lifestyle. I want to be attracted to the, I want to act on that more than I am right now. So like literally just leave me alone. I'm just going to, you know, if you fight for that hard enough, God will give it to you. Okay. He's not going to force you into a relationship with him. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to be saved. He sent Jesus so that every single human can be saved. Even up to revelations, people are going to be so stubborn. Even after all that, they're still not going to choose God. He wants you to choose him today. So just do that. Don't let it get to the point to where God has to uh, abandon you over to your sin. Don't get to the point to where you're testing God in a very wicked way. To where you're testing how long... God will keep his hand over you to where you're testing how long he'll protect you because you want to stay in your sin and because you're lying to yourself and telling yourself it's okay. Don't let it get to the point to where God abandons you to your sin because it's the worst thing that can ever happen to you. And you don't know that until you experience it. But when you experience it and you come back and you tell me what happened, then I'll know and you'll know that darkness is the worst darkness you could ever experience in your life. And it comes from hell. So read about it. All right, paradiomi. Paradiomi is the next word. It's a verb. It's used 121 times. Um, it means to give into the hands of another, to deliver up one, to custody, to be judged, condemned, punished, scourged, tormented, put to death, give itself up, present itself. Um, this is the word that's used where, when it says God abandoned them. Um, this is the word. Um, and it's a verse that's connected to it, Matthew 27, one through two. And the way that I find these verses is um, you could do it yourself, honestly. Um, it's the Blue Letter Bible app. And I think it's in the App Store. I mean, I have an iPhone. So I think it's in the Samsung, you know, whatever app store that is. But uh, Blue Letter Bible app. And you just download it. And then it's pretty self-explanatory. So just, just go in there. You can look at the verses and then click on it and then press interlinear concordance. I like the rev uh, rev, rev line and then, you know, click on the words, you'll see what I'm talking about, but download that. And then you can look at literally like the, the words, like to the, to the max. Um, so this is Matthew 27, one through two, when morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. So one thing I noticed is that whenever this word was used, it was always like, like me handing something. So if I hand something to my sister, so it's like, I'm handing this pen to you. I'm delivering it to you. So it's always delivering it to someone else. So think about that in the context of the verse, it says, God abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. The other one says, God abandoned, that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. So who is he abandoning you to? Right? Because he's not required to protect you by his grace, by his mercy, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of who God is, because God is literally love. Absolutely, he can protect you. He's not required to, though. So who is he abandoning, abandoning you to? The devil. It's a trick question. He's abandoning you to the devil and his ways. I mean, I don't know. But he's abandoning you to evil, to darkness. And you don't want to get to that point. That is the worst point to be in. You don't want to get there. You don't want to get there. It's not like you think you have like bad problems now. You think you feel depression now. You think you feel, you know, anxiety now. No, that is a, a watered down version of that. It's a watered down version. You don't want to get to the point to where God delivers you to uh, evil, to the consequences of your sin. To the point to where you feel the punishment of those those sins inside of you. Okay? So that's what that that's what that word means. I would suggest you go on, you know, blue letter 
look at the word abandon and then study it for yourself and then you know you can see if i'm lying or whatever um okay so a few anchor verses that i want to read is um first corinthians and this is my clothes actually but it's not a real clothes it's a pentecostal uh black people clothes <laughs> so a few verses is uh first corinthians 10 13 we all experience times of being tested, which is normal for every human being. So if you feel temptation and you're like, why am I feeling this? It's normal. It's normal. It's okay. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. I also just want to pause and say, um, I know this could be confusing a little bit. God is screening every um, temptation that comes to you. He's screening every test that comes to you. But he, God doesn't actually tempt you. God is not the one that's tempting you. Um, so just want to make that clear. Uh, and each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. So God will and does every single time. I mean, I know for me, every time I watched pornography or was about to, there was always an escape route. There was always a way out. Sometimes I chose it. Sometimes, most times, 90% of the time, okay, I did not choose that way of escape. Now, um, I mean, I'm not like really tempted with that anymore. That specific thing, I have other temptations. But now I like can clearly see the way out of every temptation because of this verse. And even when I read this verse, when I was still stuck in it, I could see the way out. I could see like, wow, that's the way out. You know what? Sometimes my way out was sometimes my way out was calling my sister. Sometimes uh, like I had to be really, really honest with um, my sister. I had to tell her like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Like, I really can't do this by myself. I've been trying. And I'm like, like, if I can do something by myself, I will absolutely do it by myself. So I had to ask her for help. I had to be like, you know, humble and be like, I can't do this by myself. I've tried and I just can't. So I would ask her and I would be like, really, I mean, I, I don't know how graphic I would be, but I definitely know that I would say like, I want to watch pornography. I, I, I'm really like, you know, struggling today or whatever. And, um, or even sometimes if your accountability partner is amazing, like she was, they'll just ask you flat out, have you watched it recently? And sometimes I lied and I was like, no, I haven't. And then in a couple of days, you know, the Holy Spirit would convict me and then I'd have to tell her. But like, yeah, that was sometimes my way of escape was telling her. I was also vulnerable with my mom. I was also, my mom was a really big support. I don't know if all of you, you know, have a good relationship with your mom, but I think God specifically chooses our families because they have things that we need and they supply things that we specifically need um, that he knows we need in our life. And that's why, how he chooses them. That's just my opinion though. I don't really have a scripture for it, but like, I know that my mom um, I had to depend on her a lot as well. And I would text her and I'd be like, you know, I'm feeling this, this way. Or she, my mom would honestly like call me, stay on the phone through the whole way. She would like, you know, just keep checking on me. She would just keep calling me. And because God chooses, uh, you know, what family you're going to, sometimes I would literally like have it on my phone, like literally have the video on my phone, the video would be playing. And they would call me in the middle, in the middle of the video, just because of the, you know, the Holy Spirit that, that was talking to them. But they, they would literally like call me while I'm watching it. And I would literally have to like stop, which was so awkward, but I would literally have to stop, you know, just because of the timing. They, look at this verse. God will screen the severity, nature, and timing of every test, every test and trial. So because of that timing, sometimes they would literally call me. But that would be my way of escape. And sometimes after that, I'd be like, Destiny girl, what are you doing? And sometimes I would just go right back to it. But sometimes they would, like, call me, you know, and, they, and then, yeah. Um, but God will always provide a way of escape. Always, always, always. This verse is 1,000% true. God, I mean, every verse is true. But God will call, God will definitely give you a way of escape out of every temptation and now that you know this i guarantee the next time you feel like you want to watch pornography next time you feel like you want to gossip okay because there was other sins in there next time you feel like you want to gossip next time you feel like you want to have sex that's uh not under the covenant of marriage 
Next time you feel like you want to, you know, whatever, whatever sin you're struggling with, next time you feel like you want to do that, you'll see the way of escape. Mark my words, you will. You absolutely will. And that is the mercy and the grace of God giving you a way of escape. Um, the other verse is 1 Thessalonians 3 through 8. God's will is for you to be set apart for him in holiness and that you keep yourselves unpolluted from sexual defilement. Yes, each of you must guard your sexual purity with holiness and dignity. Literally guard it. Literally, like, I mean, it feels like sometimes with, like, spears in the spirit. Like, literally, <laughs> freaking, like, swords and guns and, like, nuclear bombs guarding my sexual purity. But it is a fight, and you do have to guard it. So guarding your sexual purity with holiness and dignity, not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. Because you do know God. You do. So not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. Well, you should know God. Never take selfish advantage of a brother or sister in this matter, for we've already told you and solemnly warned you that the Lord is the avenger in all these things. And you taking selfish advantage, and it's not selfish advantage, just like like a, a pornography. Porn is basically watching people having sex. So if you're watching a movie and people are having sex, you're taking advantage. I'm sorry, but it's not just a movie. You're taking advantage. If you're like I used to do, I mean, I would literally like watch specific movies, act like I wanted to watch the movies, but I really just watched watch the movies to watch the sex scene that I knew was in there and just accidentally, I mean, just dumb. But like, if you're doing that, you're taking advantage. If you're, um, if you're like listening to a song and it has sex in it, you're taking advantage. Even if that person, you know, whatever, who, whatever, you don't know them, whatever. Even if they want, seems like they want to do it, you're taking advantage in the spirit. You're taking advantage of them. Um, another example is like being on Instagram, like I said, would follow women um, intentionally. I mean, I'd follow some celebrities intentionally just because I thought they were attractive. That's taking selfish advantage. Um, for God is the avenger in all those things. For God's call on our lives is not to a life of compromise and perversion but to a life surrounded in holiness. Therefore, whoever rejects this instruction isn't rejecting human authority, but God himself, who gives us his precious gift, his spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit literally, like, is my best friend. I mean, every day. I talk to the Holy Spirit all day, every day. In the car, I talk to the Holy Spirit. I talk to the Holy Spirit. He told me what deodorant to get one time. I mean, like, just we was in Target and it was like, get this deodorant. I literally love it because like you can't smell anything. And it's amazing. So literally, I mean, I talk to the Holy Spirit about everything. I talk to the Holy Spirit about these stickers on my water bottle because I like them. And I talk to the Holy Spirit about that. So the Holy Spirit wants to be with you, is with you at all times. So talk to him. And even if like a good way to start that for me was literally just like, talking about like stuff that was going on literally being like like I mean I think when I was in high school I would literally be on the bus or just on the way home and I'd be like wow that's a nice tree talking to the Holy Spirit that's how it started <laughs> so it's, it doesn't have to be super complicated just talk to him um you do not have to struggle with same-sex attraction or impure identity issues for the rest of your life God, that's a lie. That you have to struggle with it for the rest of your life is a lie. You don't. God is ready and willing to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit for help overcoming sin. I mean, I would literally, I would literally like tell God, tell the Holy Spirit when I was really struggling with it, specifically what, I, I, I mean, this helped me. So I don't know, maybe it'll help you. But I would tell the Holy Spirit specifically, and I'll be graphic with it you know, let your imagination run wild. But I literally would tell him like specifically what I wanted to do to this woman, what seeing this woman made me want to do what I wanted to do with her, I would tell the Holy Spirit and I would like, just saying that out loud and hearing honestly, like how dirty it was hearing how those words made me feel hearing like how those words like I got to a point to where like I didn't sin because I was like, I mean, at first, like, I did sin, didn't sin because I was, like, afraid, you know, what's going to happen. But, like, it got to a point, like, okay, I don't want to sin because, like, the Holy Spirit is my friend. God is my friend. I don't want to, like, hurt God. Like, God is my father. I don't want to hurt God. That's why I don't want to sin. So, literally, like, tell the Holy Spirit, this is what I want to do. This is the website I want to go on right now. This is what I want to search up right now. This is what I want to do. 
this is how I want to touch myself right now. I mean, talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Don't be afraid. I mean, he's not like, he's not like Leo, you know, that's gross. Why are you talking to me? Whatever. Just talk to the Holy Spirit, okay? Obviously have some respect, but talk to the Holy Spirit. Um, this is not who you are. There are consequences for your sins. And the absolute worst consequences is living life after God has abandoned you to your sin. The longer you let it go on, the closer you'll get to hell, hell manifesting in your life, a life devoid of God. So what are the wages of sin is death. And what does death feel like? Death feels like anxiety. Death felt like, for me, death, death felt like depression. Death felt like me hating the way my body looked. Death felt like me feeling so shameful and so like ugly. And I mean, you know the feeling, you know, if you're, if you're in this right now, you know the feeling that I'm talking about. It's like, you feel like so dirty. I mean, you're walking around and you literally feel like so dirty. You feel like, I mean, you're hiding your sin. You feel like a liar. If people know about what you're going through, then you just feel like ashamed and so dirty. If Even if everyone is okay with your sin, you still know that what you're doing is wrong and you feel so ashamed. And I know that feeling and God wants to deliver you from that and he can deliver you from that. He has the power to do so. And the devil is a liar. So you don't have to stay stuck like that forever. Uh, a few action steps that help me through this is number one, I mean, obviously repent of your sins and ask God. I mean, it wasn't obvious to me back then, so it's not obviously, but repent of your sins and ask God for a hunger for him and his word. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if Jesus isn't literally your savior right now, if you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, it's not about a prayer. It's about a lifestyle. So your life should reflect like that you believe in Jesus, that he's your Lord. So if you haven't done that already, do that. Like repent, God, I'm sorry. And just like turn around. And, and it's not just God, I'm sorry. I mean, for me, repent, the actual real repentance involved a lot of tears a lot of crying, a lot of deep breaths, a lot of like, you know, it was just a very honest, raw conversation with God. So that was my repentance. Repent and like seriously turn away. I mean, I, I honestly repented throughout this whole like 13 year, you know, struggle or however long it was, 15, whatever. But I repented probably a thousand times. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have to, but just like repent for real. And like, honestly, like God, I'm never, ever going to do this again. I think the last time was in January, I repented and you know, the repentance, it was proven in my life style, the way that I started living my life. So repent, develop a prayer life, include a purity prayer. Um, I have one, it kind of be hard to show, maybe I can include it in the comments or something, but um, actually, yeah, I'll include it in the comments, but I have literally like a purity prayer. Um, and it's like, basically you just take take Bible verses, what I did, I took Bible verses, I made them first person, that just helps me read it, because it, it's like distracting to just, I don't know, but I, I did that, I, I put them in first person as I was talking to God, reading the scriptures, and, um, and yeah, I mean, I just make the purity prayer when I was feeling extremely horny, like around, you know, it's a good idea also to like get the flow up, so you know exactly when um, you're gonna be like more horny, or for men, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't really know about that. But for women, get the flow up. So you know, like, okay, the week you're ovulating, your body wants to make babies. So prepare for that. Get your accountability partners, tell them, y'all, I'm starting my period this week. So we're gonna have to fight, you know, like, <laughs> just like, you know, yeah, get a purity prayer. Um, also get an accountability partner that you feel comfortable talking to. I've already talked about this before, but who would you feel comfortable saying, I want to watch pornography? If you can't say those words to your accountability partner, then you need to get another one. Like, who would you be comfortable saying, or if it's not that, I want to have sex with this guy, or I want to smoke weed, or, you know, whatever your personal sin is. If you can't say that sin to your accountability partner, you need to get another one because that's not going to work. Um, not at all. It's not going to work. Um, who would be open to listening and not only just listening for gossip's sake or just to listen, but who would be open to helping you find a solution? Who's going to be the one that's like, okay, this is what you could do. I mean, my sister will literally like take me to the nail salon and I'll sit in the car. Like who's going to be like the person that's willing to fight for you, fight with you through this. Also, my mom was a really big help too. My mom, like I said, would just stay on the phone or she just call me or like, you know, whatever. Like who's going to be the people around you that are going to help you find a solution that are going to tell you you need to pray. Who's going to do that? 
And they need to be godly as well. We don't want accountability partners that are just hacking the world because they don't have the same desires, not the same goal as you. So we need somebody that believes in Jesus for real. Um, get in um, Nope. Block the websites from your phone and have someone else. There's a way to do it on iPhone. I forgot um, because I... I don't know what, why I forgot, but there's a way to block literally the websites and you have to like put in a password. Maybe you can look it up on YouTube, but you have to put in a password to get to those websites. So, and someone else can set the password. Um, that was pretty helpful. So yeah, like you could do that or you could get covenant eyes. I think there's a subscription you have to pay, but you could get covenant eyes. It alerts your, your accountability partner, whoever, you know, you want it to alert. It alerts them every time you log onto the website and I think it blocks it. But yeah, do that. Um, also, you need to be accountable to yourself. And you're going to be accountable to God when you die. So that's your real accountability partner. But you need to be accountable to yourself as well. Practice some self-control every day. Pray for the Holy Spirit to give you self-control. Stay away from pornography on websites, TV, movies, music. Like I said, pornography is just a sexual video. So if you're watching TV, if you're watching movies, um... I don't want to call out specific television shows, but y'all know, I mean, we're not dumb here. We're all intelligent. So if you know the movies, you know the TV shows that specifically have sex in them that are based around sex and music that's based around sex, then <laughs> that was my sister, um, music that's based around sex, then like, yeah, the, I have blocked so many like artists from my Spotify and I will say those, like Meg The Stallion, Girls in the Hood was like at the gym. Oh my gosh, it would just help me do like one more rap. I loved it. But that song is like, for me, like a lot of her content, super sexual. Love her. I pray that she gets saved. But um, also, you know, the baby, super sexual as well. Doja Cat, super sexual. Bon Jovi. I mean, that's an old one, but Bon Jovi and a few of the beginning of his songs, like super sexual. Um, so it doesn't even, it's not, doesn't even have to be, I mean, I, I listen to all types of music, honestly. So, I mean, it's narrowed down a lot. Um, in the past couple months, I blocked a lot of artists from my Spotify, but I used to listen to like literally everything. So I had to block, m narrow that down to fight for my purity because it is a fight and to fight, you know, for my, my relationship with God. Um, so yeah, you know what to do, um, uh, block social media as well. Twitter. Twitter, I don't have a Twitter, um, too much temptation, there's literal sex on there, so I don't have a Twitter, I don't, um, I don't plan on ever getting one, just because, like, I know I'm strong enough, but, like, I don't even want to open the door for the devil, so I'll probably never have one again, um, I don't think it's demonic or anything, though, it's just my personal, I can't do it, um, but, like, you know, certain, certain social media, there is literally sex on there. And if you know, I don't have to break it down to you, like, you're a baby, because you're not. But you know what social media websites you use to watch pornography. You know what you use to feed that lust or to feed that, like, lifestyle that is not godly, even if it has nothing to do with sex. You know what lifestyle you're watching. You're watching someone else's lifestyle. You're just jealous of them. You're feeding jealousy. You're feeding gossip. You're feeding envy, hate murder so just like you know watch that um i, I mean don't watch that <laughs> and delete that social media um when you feel attracted to the opposite sex talk to god about it as a friend ask him to help you find a way out and living a pure holy life is a fight but one that you have to know every single day you've already won jesus has already given you the victory God already knows your future, like I said in the beginning. So God knew that when I was like, you know, 12 or whatever, and I was like, like heck of masturbating, heck of watching pornography. I was just like doing all this stuff and I was obsessed with sex. God knew that on, what day is it? June 29th, 2022, that I would be, you know, I would be uh, talking about pornography and that someone said I gave them hope about pornography, like me. I gave them hope. Me knowing myself, I, that's a really big deal. So, you know, God believes in you. He knows that you already have the victory. You have to believe that as well. Watching the cop, watch um, the compromise of pornography by Mike Todd is a really great message. Super convicting to me when I was in that. And I would listen to it a couple times, just like when I was really um, feeling horny, just because like that conviction is something that I needed. That like fear of the Lord, the, um, he explains like perversion. That is something that I really needed when I was like stuck in pornography. So I would definitely suggest watching that so you can understand how deep 
this thing goes how how there's like literally no limits to perversion um and it's a great breakdown so i would definitely suggest watching that i would also suggest getting baptized especially with the homosexuality thing i um know for myself when i got baptized i literally could tell the difference between like before destiny and after like i wasn't attracted to women at anymore after i got baptized that spirit that was left in the water so for surely get baptized and um you need you know read the bible about what baptism truly is um but get baptized not only in water not only um but also in the baptism of the holy spirit you need the holy spirit to win this fight you won't win it without him um and lastly god does love you he doesn't want you to experience any of the uh scary things i've said today which i didn't go into too much because I, I mean the point isn't really to scare you although you do need to have a fear of the lord um but i would say just read revelations for yourself tell me if you want to be there i definitely don't i mean i know there's like locusts you know and stuff and i don't know i don't want to be there there's like five months where you can't die so that's not fun in hell there's like a bed, bed of maggots and it's super dark and you're thirsty all the time and like no thank you i don't want none of that so i would definitely suggest read about hell read about love revelations um also just read about god and develop like a healthy fear of the lord but also remember like god does love you and he wants every single person to be saved he wants every single person to come to him so remember that um and this is why he sent jesus to die for you and why jesus left the holy spirit here as a gift for believers i mean he literally told the um disciples don't move on do not leave here until you have the holy spirit so that's how important the holy spirit is he's not an afterthought He's not some side thing, but he's the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. God is the main thing. The Father is the main thing. So the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you up. And I'm going to pray uh, also before we get off of here for the Holy Spirit to fill you up. He is the greatest gift of God, too great to put into words. There's no way, absolutely no way that you will get through this except with the Holy Spirit. And a verse that I want to read is John 14, 15 through 21. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior, the, excuse me, <laughs> the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer. But you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me for I will be living in you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me. I'm going to read it again. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. I used to struggle so much. God, do I really love you? I literally used to ask him that. I don't know if I really love you. Those who truly love God are the ones who obey his commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my father. And I will passionately love him in return and reveal myself to him. It's amazing news. And um a little footnote this is a passion translation so in the footnote it says the greek word used here is parakletos a technical word that could be translated defense attorney it means one called to stand next to you as a helper various translations have rendered this counselor comforter advocate encourager intercessor or helper however none of these words alone are adequate and fall short in explaining the full meaning this translation has chosen the word savior for it depicts the role of the Holy Spirit to, de to protect, defend, and save us from ourselves and our enemies and keep us whole and healed. He is the one who guides and defends, comforts and consoles. Keep in mind that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, our Savior. The Aramaic word is parakleta, which is taken from two root words, prak, which means to end, or to finish, or to save, and lita, which means the curse. What a beautiful word picture. The Holy Spirit comes to end the work of the curse of sin in our lives and to save us from its very effect. 
A redeemer who ends the curse is what that means. You can go read that for yourself. Um, it's John 14, 15 through 21, the Passion Translation. Um, and yeah, that is that is everything. I mean, not everything I wanted to say, but that's the teaching that I wanted to give you guys tonight. I hope you felt encouraged by that. Um, it's how to overcome, like, literally, what the spirit of homosexuality, the spirit of uh, pornography, lust, what that is, what that feels like, my personal experience with it. And I would like to say that today, I am not attracted to women. I don't struggle with attraction to women. When I see men and women, I don't have lustful thoughts about them. Um, I don't, I mean, temp pornography isn't really a temptation for me anymore, which is wild to say, actually crazy, but it's not really a temptation for me anymore. Um, like I said, I mean, we're all tempted, so I do have other temptations, but pornography isn't one of them. Um, and I'm, I'm not attracted to women and you know why? Because I literally like, because of the Holy Spirit, obviously. And I also had to like literally fight for my, uh, purity. And who was I fighting with? Jesus and Jesus is up in heaven right now interceding for you interceding for you literally right now as the devil is accusing you he's interceding for you so you know like just know that Jesus believes in you God and believes in God believes in you winning this fight and there is hope for you and you don't have to have the feelings that you feel right now even if it's just a slight attraction to women a slight you know sexual deviation from the truth you don't have to live with that for the rest of your life there is Hope there is deliverance for you and there is salvation in Jesus and your lifestyle will reflect that. And when you are on the other side of it, when you can be sharing your testimony, um, which I do encourage more people to share their testimony so that we can expose the devil. But when you share your testimony about it, like you're going to look back. It feels so amazing to say like that or to even think that like I could give somebody hope about overcoming you know a battle with pornography that just shows how faithful God is and how patient he is how much he loves us and you know God is rooting for you I'm rooting for you we're all rooting for you as Tyra Banks said but you know we're all really rooting for you and, and you can do this I believe in you you know and I hope that this was informational I hope you learned from this I would suggest Get the Blue Letter, Blue Letter Bible app um, and get the Bible app so that you can, you know, do the word searches, do the word studies and, you know, just be led by the Holy Spirit. And um, so let's just pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you guys up right now um, so that you can really, really win this battle so you can have the victory. So Holy Spirit, I thank you, first of all, for um, just, well, honestly, I thank you, first of all, for your forgiveness. I thank you for even... Um, sending Jesus father I thank you for sending Jesus and Jesus I just I thank you for your willingness to come and to die for us and um yeah I just thank you for the opportunity to have a relationship with you the opportunity for forgiveness of our sins um and thank you for making that new covenant with us when you died on the cross and um I pray that every single person that can hear my voice would just feel the belief that you have in them overcoming this battle um, and I thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Nothing that I actually say, nothing that I actually do can convict. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. So Holy Spirit, I thank you. I ask that you would just convict every single person about any sin that is in their life, even if it has nothing to do with sexual immorality. I pray that you would convict them about, can convict me about every sin that I have in my life. And I repent um, of any sin that I committed today. Um, and I and I pray that you would lead them in repentance as well of all of their sins. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for just filling them. I thank you for um, the blood of Jesus literally washing away all that shame, all that impurity, that they will be clean in Jesus' name. They will be spotless in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for getting to them to that place. I thank you for giving them a vision of the future. And Holy Spirit, I actually, I really ask that you would fill them up right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would enter them. And um, God, just be open to the Holy Spirit filling you up right now. And yeah, I just ask that you would fill them up right now. I ask that you would enter their hearts, into their minds and bodies and um, spirits. And thank you for just making a home inside of them. And thank you for helping them to walk out their salvation salvation um, and giving them a, a desire to learn about the word, a desire to learn about you and the word of God. Um, and I just ask that um, that they would be led or they would feel the urge to repent and to really make you the Lord of their lives today and know that their tomorrow is literally not promised. 
Jesus can come back at any moment. So I thank you for them feeling the urgency, feeling the pressure to do it today um, and doing it in love and in and sacrifice and out of genuine love for you, out of genuine wanting to be closer to you and wanting to be holy and pure. And God, I thank you for just making them holy and pure. And, um, and yeah, in Jesus name, amen. So that was the first teaching that I'm going to do, uh, definitely a lot more of those. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about a lot more talk topics, but, um, yeah, thank you for joining. If you made it to the end of the video, thank you so much. That was really long, but <laughs> you made it. So 10 points for you, but, um, yeah, thank you. And, um, this is the flock. So I pray that this helps you. If this encouraged you at all, um, please just, you know, DM me or message me and, Go read your Bible. Amen. In the name of Jesus, go read your Bible. Um, and yeah, I love you guys and have a wonderful day. Bye. Okay. Um, so the next, actually, I'm going to talk about it. My phone literally stopped recording. Um, and that's demonic. That's because the devil doesn't want this to get out. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to expose him because, um, yeah, we're not hiding. He's not hiding. So you're being exposed. He literally tried to stop my recording, stop it, this message from getting out. But it's because whoever is supposed to hear this, literally God wants you to deliver you from your sin. And God wants you to know that he's waiting, waiting for you to come back. And today is the day that you need to decide. And the devil is trying to stop that. Literally has been trying to make me tired all day for one and for two. Literally just tried to stop the whole entire recording. It was like someone just clicked the little button on my phone. So Satan, the Lord rebuke you, devil, you are a liar, and we're going to keep going. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8, God's will is for you to be set apart from him in holiness and that you keep yourselves unpolluted from sexual defilement. Yes, each of you must guard your sexual purity with holiness and dignity, not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. Never take selfish advantage of a brother or sister in this matter, for we've already told you and solemnly warned you that the Lord is the avenger in all these things for god's call on our lives is not to a life of compromise and perversion but to a life surrounded in holiness therefore whoever rejects this instruction isn't rejecting human authority but god himself who gives us his precious gift the holy spirit you do there's a couple of just things that i want to tell you to encourage you okay you do not have to struggle with the same sex attraction or any impure identity issues for the rest of your life that's a lie from the enemy that he tries to give you get you to believe one that it's a part of who you are being gay being lesbian is a part of my identity your sexual orientation is not a part of your identity even being straight me being a straight woman not a part of my identity my identity is fully rooted in christ Okay, and that is a lie from the enemy that he'll try to get you to believe. Number two, God is ready and willing to help you ask the Holy Spirit for help overcoming sin. Be as, as graphic, as vulnerable as you want to be with the Holy Spirit. It's not going to gross him out. Tell him, Holy Spirit, this is what I want to do. I'm struggling with this. I really need your help. And God is going to illuminate the way out to you because there will be one. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. <laughs> No. Okay, that's my sister <laughs> in the background. Okay, so sorry. Today we are talking about. Hi, I'm Destiny. First of all, today we're talking about overcoming the spirit of homosexuality, which I have a lot of experience in. So, um, hi, I am Destiny again. I like to eat. Uh, wait, I can't say that one again. <laughs> Hold on. Also, you don't have. Okay, hi. I'm Destiny. Ashley's drinking a kombucha. Over. Stop looking at <laughs> no, me while you're doing no, your video. You're sitting there. Gosh, I'm not here. <laughs> okay, hey, what's up, y'all? I'm uh, Destiny. <laughs> Today, I'm I'm really being serious. Hmm. We are talking about overcoming. 